Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Amherst Weekly. I am your co-host for this lovely podcast, Chad Dedemenesis, and as always, joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst. Keith, a little bit of a uh, up and down weekend for you. It was a lot better than my weekend was, but uh, how are things up there in Rochester? Yeah, the uh, least things ended on a positive note. That's all you can ask for with the, uh, you know, just jumping right into it was the cj smith show so you know friday night was just miserable in every possible way and then saturday afternoon it turned it around and kind of forgot all about friday night so i guess we'll kind of uh well we'll kind of break it down this way what what went wrong friday what went right on saturday i'd say everything went wrong on friday night there was just it took them 14 minutes to get their first shot on Ed in the first period. Um, you know, there was missed shots. Um, you know, team says, hey, we had a lot of good chances, but to the rest of us, if they, you don't get a shot for 14 minutes and then you end up losing 5-1, to one, did you really have a lot of chances? Right. You know, Will Borgen probably had the best chance of the first period. He put the puck in his backhand, and it went probably about two inches wide of the net. He had a wide-open net. You know, if he scores there, hey, it could have been a totally different game. But, you know, second period, it was, uh, you know, kind of back and forth a little bit. And then Toronto just kind of ran away with it. There was nothing going offensively for the Amherst. Uh, Wedgwood, I guess, people watch the Amherst kind of 50-50 and whether, you know, he could have been better. But when you don't have much defense in front of you and, you know, from anybody, any of the 18 skaters, is it really on the right. goalie? That's always a, you know, big question. Yep. So it was just a... Overall, disappointing, miserable game. And then the worst part was there was 8,300 people in the building. So, you know, I talked to a few people Sunday afternoon who were at the game, and they're like, yeah, that was miserable. Why do we <laughs> want to go back again? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, when your building's full, especially the team that has a hard time filling it, and then you put up that performance, yeah, it, it's really tough to get people to go back there again. Yeah, and it's something that, you know, Taylor was asked about after the game. And for some reason, they're not the only team that does it. You know, as far as struggling at home ice, it just kind of – feels that way and you know hey sometimes credit to the visiting team they see a big crowd and what do you want to do when you're a visiting team you want to kind of play spoiler so right right you know kind of goes both ways but you know positive news they got on the bus after the game and drove up to Toronto and then you know it was the CJ Smith show um (laughs) (laughs) they uh you know came right out it was um CJ Smith scored a power play goal halfway through the first period uh, scored again in the second period and then finished the hat trick in the third with an empty net goal. And he just, it's just impressive watching him. You can tell he came down and took that NHL speed and just skated all over Toronto and even finished the game with seven shots. So is it for you? I'm curious of your point of view on this, you know, because even, you know, part of the, I guess the numbers in the roster is part of the decision here, but um, and Smith came up, played well, scored a goal. Uh, from your standpoint, you talked about all season how he's probably the best player 
well, I don't mean probably, besides Pilot, when the Pilot's been up here for a while, I mean, he's probably the best player in that team. Are, are you surprised they got him back down there so quickly, even with, you know, when you combine the scoring and how well he did play when he was here? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. In years past, um, I think things would have been different, but we all know the Sabres are in a tough spot right now. They don't have anybody else they can send down. You know, it's either between him, Pilot, Tage, and Casey Middlestad. You know, who's... You unless, know, you're gonna, unless you're going to wave somebody, yeah. Right, unless you're going to wave somebody. And, you know, it just seems like, uh, you know, they're probably worried about losing a player because you lose somebody in waivers and then you keep C.J. Smith. What do you do next? You're kind of down a player. So, you know, it's going to be interesting in the second half of the season to see how it all shapes out, you know, especially come playoff time when, you know, there aren't those limits. So, right. Hey, Buffalo's trouble is uh, is good news for us down here. So you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll take it for now. But you know, the good thing is, hey, he proved he can do it, and uh, you know, we've talked all season about how he's you know the consistent player, and he's got the hands, he's got the speed, the scoring, and you know, he proved it. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, it was good, you know, to see him come up and produce, especially with how much you know how excited I've been to see him and get a look in the NHL. And, you know, how much we've talked about him, it's good to see him come up and kind of follow that up, you know, and even to add that goal in, you know, that's that, that's nice. In three games, you, you got a goal out of him. So it's, I, I don't know, you know, it, we'll, we'll see what they do here. You know, I mean, you say, you know, they don't want to lose somebody on waivers, you know, from a Buffalo standpoint sitting here. I, I think if they lost Remyelli on waivers, I don't think the world's going to end by any means. But, you know, I mean, that that's a bottle decision. And I guess, like I said, you know, the trade deadline's a little over a month away. You know, some things could change here. So I guess that's kind of, where we'll see things go from there in terms of CJ Smith. But the next thing I want to ask you about is, I guess it kind of went the reverse way in a way. Uh, Scott Wilson clears waivers, goes down to Rochester uh, for an extended rehab assignment after his ankle injury um, near the end of training camp. But, uh, you know, it's only two games, but how did Scott Wilson look to your eyes? Yeah, the the Friday night, it was him and Kevin Porter were back in the lineup for the first time. Um, Porter missed. 13 games something like that and obviously Wilson hasn't skated games since last season there wasn't anything too good or bad you know and you can't really fault a guy that hasn't played much and just getting his timing back um, Friday night definitely looked a little bit off but again first game back right, can't right. really you know go into a guy's game too much um, Saturday night definitely looked better he was you know almost had a goal but it was a high stick I'll give him an A plus for effort for <laughs> hitting it out of the air and hitting in the net when he had the chance. Um, yeah, you, you know, didn't look out of place out there. And, you know, two games was kind of tough. Uh, you know, he even said after the game on Friday night that, you know, his legs felt good, his uh, chest felt good, and, you know, you know, he just felt about a second off from the game. So, no big deal. You know, I don't think two games is really much to – can't really say one way or the other. He right, right. In, which is a good thing. Um, you know, he came down with the right attitude when, uh, you know, we talked to him – the end of last week, you know, he, one of the first things he did, he, you know, he came off the ice and came, you know, there's only three of us in the media room, but, you know, he came right out to talk and excited to be there and, you know, even said he's excited to get back on a bus trip and hang out with the guys and get to know everyone. So, you know, he's got the right attitude to get his feet back under him and get his game going again. So we'll see, you know, if he picks things up where he left off in the American League last time he was here or, you know, he just kind of skates around with everyone else. So what we're going to do here, I think, for the rest of this episode is we kind of talked about this earlier in the week, um, planning for this, is we're going to maybe, you know, take a look at, we're a little bit over the halfway point now, take a look at, you know, some players, how they're doing to this point. So the first guy I want to start with, I'm going to ask you about a few guys here. You don't have to go into great depth by any means, but 
Um, the first guy I'm interested to talk to you about, because if I'm not mistaken, I saw he was a healthy scratch over the weekend, is what has happened to Sean Malone, the guy who looked like he was in high stature with the organization, and now it's kind of like things are going the other way for him. Yeah, um, you know, it was at first that's what I thought. He was not a healthy scratch. He did not go with the team to Toronto on Saturday. So Okay, okay. Um, I'm not sure if he's injured or just sick, but that's why he didn't play on Saturday. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he wasn't healthy at scratch, but that was it, what I thought at first when I realized he wasn't in the lineup. Um, but somebody reached out and let me know otherwise. Okay. Um, we'll have a re- full report card on everyone coming up early in the week. But, you know, I kind of asked 11 other people, 10 other people to kind of grade everybody how they've done. Okay. You know, because I have my own thoughts and ask other people who watched every game. Um, overall, Sean Malone, I guess we'd give a B minus to, you know, in okay. terms of grade. He's reliable third line center. Um, you know, one thing he is awesome at is winning a crucial faceoff when you need to or at the end of a game. You know, as far as that goes, um, yeah, he's kind of fallen off a little bit from what we talked about last year, you know, as far as not sleeping on him. Uh, only 10 points in 25 games, so we definitely want to see more from him. And I guess the question comes in, is it the, you know, is it the player or is it the position he's put into as far as who he's been skating with? He's been playing alongside Justin Bailey and oftentimes Nylander. So I know Alex has had a better year. Uh, Bailey has struggled, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Malone does in the second half, but he's kind of he's kind of fallen off a little bit, just kind of like Gooley has. So the next guy we'll go to, I guess we'll get a we'll get a somewhat bad report, and then we'll maybe hopefully get a good one in here. What about uh, Alex Nylander? Uh, Alex Nylander, I mean, it's again he's doing well. Um, as far as the grade go, give him a B. You know, he's putting more points up. He's almost matched what he's done previous seasons. The You know, when we talk about points, we always have to look at the games where he does, doesn't do much. And that's kind of followed the lead of C.J. Smith is what he needs to do as far as come out every game, shooting the puck, getting points up. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's trending in the right direction. That's all you can really ask for, isn't it, as far as uh, development right, goes? Right, right, yep. So. All right, next guy on my list moving along here. We'll stay with the forward ranks and uh, – I'm kind of curious, you know, Victor Olsen, you know, he's a guy who started hot, cooled down. Maybe now he's starting to kind of get going again here. But uh, what do you think from Olsen so far this season? Yeah, he's he's on pace for 20 goals a season, which is kind of the benchmark for a good season in the American League. You know, it's kind of, you know, hit 20 goal mark. That's kind of a good sign for anybody down here. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's kind of, you know, he went from a goal scorer into a playmaker. But, you know, hey, if somebody's scoring and he's, Helping out with that, there's you know not much else to complain. You know, can't complain about that. Right, right. Um, you know, he's one of the challenges is he still is missing the net quite a bit. You know, so I don't know if he's just because he's a sniper, he's going to either get it or he's not. <laughs> yeah, but he's kind of had a stretch of you know no, you know, not scoring. But again, for a guy that was a seventh round pick, you know, yeah, he's a little bit older, but he keeps trending in the right direction, and you know, he should hit that twenty goal mark. So we'll stay with our Swedish friends and move next to Rasmus Asplund, who kind of, I guess, maybe is the opposite of Olofsson. Started off kind of slow, and, you know, he looks like a guy who's played better over the last month or so here. Yeah, he's kind of like Malone in a way that, you know, he's, you know, when you're playing in a line with, you know, Olofsson and O'Regan, you kind of expect a little bit more points-wise. Um, you know, clearly he's got to be doing something right if his line mates are scoring. Right. You know, but he's only, he only has 11 points this season, two goals and nine assists. So, good second line center. Um, you know, as far as you know, you know, for what you're looking for NHL output, there's probably a big question mark right there as far as you know what is 
what his future is. Yeah, he's kind of like blown in the same way. He wins the faceoffs at the right time. Um, you know, he's doing a lot of little things, but yeah, there really isn't much to much to say as far as you know. Hey, here's a guy that you might see in a Sabres uniform anytime soon. Okay, moving along. The next thing I want to ask about, we talked about this guy last week, and I guess I'll pose a question to you this way: Is Daniel Regan one of the most underrated players on that team? Yes. Yep. Um, you know, as far as uh, kind of have a midseason report card with unsung hero, and you got two players on there: Daniel Regan and Dalton Smith. You know, O'Regan is tied for second on the team with twelve goals with Wayne Simpson, um, C.J. Smith, and Zach Rudman are the only two above them. You know, the guy. You know, he doesn't have a nickname. He doesn't have you know flashy speed down the ice like you might see from say a Nylander, but hey, he's putting the puck in the net pretty frequently. Uh, you know, it's he's got a shot. So yeah, he's definitely an unsung hero and kind of flying under the radar. Good to hear. So this guy we're gonna get to next is a really interesting decision, I guess you could say, or just interesting overall season the way it's gone for him throughout his career with the Sabres, and that's Justin Bailey. Just looks like we're into a point here where I, personally with all these guys on one-year contracts, just I, I kind of find it hard to believe that he's even one of the guys they qualify at the end of the season. I think this could be his last year in the organization, but you know, I'm kind of curious of your thoughts on him about the halfway point here. Yeah, that's, you know, it is for Justin Bailey and his career, it almost seems like he would be better off going somewhere else. Um, you know, the guy shows up, takes pride in putting on an Amherst uniform, the city, the fans, you know, all that great stuff off the ice. You know, he's a great guy. But in terms of, you know, playing, it's he's kind of fallen off the wayside and, you know, it can't see him fitting into the Sabres plans anytime soon. So, yeah, I would say, you know, to make the NHL, you have to at least be a reliable bottom six guy down here. And right, right. He's not even – he's not even doing that. But, you know, I don't know, is it like Malone where – you know, maybe, hey, they're not the best pairing together or, you know, is it just, hey, it's time to move on, you know, and I think it's, at this point, it's probably time to move on, kind of like they did with Baptiste. You know, if he's not fitting in the plans, you know, try to help him out, get his career going somewhere else and see who he can take to replace him. Yeah, that, that uh, it, make, it makes a ton of sense sitting here. So, like I said, if there's all those guys on those one-year prove-it deals, I feel like he just hasn't had the prove-it season, and it really would not at all shock. I, I think I'd be more surprised if he was back than if they qualified him. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out in the summer, I guess. But it, I, like I said, I'd be more surprised. I'd be more surprised if he is back next season. Yeah, that would be surprising for everybody. I think if they qualified him and brought him back, you know, it's. I think he's uh, he's restricted. I believe this summer. So he is. Yep. Yeah, you know, think you know, kind of like they flipped Baptiste for Jack Doherty and got somebody to return. Maybe they'll you know kind of do a similar similar situation or find someone to let them yeah, go play somewhere else. I guess you could say handle them kind of like they did for Hudson Fashing in the off season. They you know they they before the decision came on the qualifying him, they traded him somewhere else, and you know they got they got a player out of that at least. And you know, like you said, maybe they pulled the same type of deal there. Right. So moving to the defense, uh, you mentioned him earlier. I guess not the best season, maybe what you were hoping for out of Brendan Gooley or so, but how's that going? You know, I got to, just for you, I got to mention Andrew McWilliam is uh, probably the leading. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to ask about him, so I got to mention him. (laughs) Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, no. McWilliam is, uh, you know, just reliable assistant captain of the defense, kind of leads the way. But, uh, yeah, he's not really anybody that, you know, if you're not following the Emmerichs closely, People probably don't know who he is, but yeah, Brendan Gooley, um, 
he's kind of, you know, he's the second half of the season is going to be big for him. You know, he kind of set the bar high last season and, you know, he's just out there this season. Um, you know, it's, he's do, starting to lead the rush a little bit more down the ice, but you know, there really isn't anything where you're like, wow, leave that guy go or wow, he's going to be an NHL player or, you know, wow, he's really contributing to this team. There really isn't anything like that. Uh, you know, he's still better than one of the other defensemen in Matt Tennyson, but you know, he's definitely not, uh, not what he was last year. So a good thing he's still young. You know, you know, there's still 38 games left to play for him to do something, but as of right now, he just hasn't been impressive at all. Yeah, that's disappointing. You know, and it's uh he's another one of those guys where I I don't know, it's tough to but they're so deep in the left side of the blue line in the system where he's one of those guys where I don't think they're gonna let him, you know, walk away or just trade him just because. But I, I think if they try to make a big move in the offseason, um, you know, he could be one of those guys that I think can mentioned in those trades or even possibly move, you know, as a blue chip defense prospect. Yeah, and you know, it's just because we talk, you know, hey, somebody hasn't been performing well doesn't mean it's the end of their career. Um, right, right. You know, some people kind of take it as, you know, when we start talking negatively about somebody didn't own in Rochester, we're calling him a bust, and that's not the case at all. It's just, you know, hey, he just needs to get his confidence back. and Or, you know, maybe they're trying to – I really haven't talked to him that much this year, and, you know, because he hasn't done much, but, you know, maybe they're trying to get him to play a little bit different of a game or, right. you know. Hey, there's a lot of uh, you know mental stuff, and once he saw a pilot go straight up this season, like you know maybe he thought that was going to be him last year, maybe he thought it was going to be him this year, and it didn't happen. You know, all of a sudden pilot comes in and jumps straight up, and he's not coming back. So yeah, it can that can mess with your head, but you know he's still young, and there's still a lot of hockey left to play. And you know, as long as once the playoff come around, you know that's going to be the time for somebody like Gooley to step it up where he wasn't he was there last season. So the last guy on my list here to ask you about was another defenseman, the always sneaky, quiet, and uh, I guess you could say just solid Will Borgen. How's his uh, season going so far? Yeah, that's uh, he's he's doing everything everything right. You know, it's uh, I saw I forgot who mentioned on Twitter. Somebody mentioned out there that the NHL needs to come up with an award for defensive defensemen, uh-huh. and you know those guys are you know they contribute a lot and that's Will Borgen. He, you know, you may not see him. You may not hear him talked about often. Yeah. I'd mentioned earlier that he came close to scoring, um, you know, which is great because I mean, they use down low. That's not the type of game he plays, but you know, he has two, you know, one job, get the puck out of his zone, get the puck to, uh, to the forwards and let them do the rest. You know, he's the definition of playing a simple game and making sure that, you know, nobody comes, you know, comes around the net and, yeah, I think that oh, where is it? In terms of his stats, I know he's he doesn't have any points, but you know, he's kind of leading the way. And you know, somebody else who's kind of flown under the radar with Will Borgen is Jack Doherty. Huh, um, okay. Somebody that, you know, you may not even really think too much of him, but Jack Doherty is leading the team as far as players, you know, pilot is still plus nineteen, but Doherty's leading the team with a plus twelve in twenty two games. So, you know, kind of the same with Will Borgen. He's just a defensive defenseman, and, you know, he's making sure to clear the puck. Um, you know, Jack Doherty may be somebody who's kind of flying under the radar, and, you know, he's still got an NHL deal and may, may surprise some people. He kind of had a rough weekend with uh, taking a cross-check to the face, but that is a name that I think, you know, he came over in the Baptiste trade that right. kind of keep an eye on and say, hey, he may have a future as well. 
that's interesting. Keep an eye on that going forward the rest of the season. So before I ask you about the road games coming up this week, I'll give you the opportunity to give a shout-out to one player you think deserves it that really is on the radar, a guy who will probably never see play with the Sabres, but in your opinion, because this is an Amrix podcast after all, who is one guy that, I guess you could say, he doesn't have to be under the radar in terms of Rochester, but just for fans in Buffalo who only really care about the main prospects, who's the one guy, in your opinion, that has made a big impact this year? Dalton Smith, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I asked a bunch of people to give grades on players, and he was one of the highest highest grades um, as far as what he can do. Uh, the team is, you know, when he plays, the Amherst are 21-7 and seven this season. Huh. For the games that he hasn't played, the Amherst are 2-6-2. Two, two. So, you know, he comes from a hockey family. Um, his dad is Derek Smith. He played with the Flyers. Uh, his cousins are, or I'm sorry, his uncles are Keith and Wayne Primo, who many people know of. Yep, yep. Um, you know, his other cousin is Caden Primo, who was just with, you know, Team USA in the World Juniors. Yeah, silver medal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that, you know, he's probably never going to see the NHL, but he's just a difference maker on the ice as far as, you know, he sticks up for his teammates, um, you know, is often creating a lot of offensive zone time, even though Puck rarely finds the net. You know, but when he's on the ice, players kind of back off a little bit, and, you know, the rest of the team kind of notices that because it gives them cliche time and space. You know, and he's just that, uh, you know, unsung hero on the team that makes a big difference anytime he plays. So looking ahead to this week, it is a – I lost my tracker. There it is. So it is a road, a road weekend, which is something they haven't had in a while. So Wilkes-Barre on Friday in Lehigh Valley on a Saturday, both on the road. Uh, how do those two games look for Rochester coming up? Yeah, they should be pretty good. They are Lehigh Valley and Wilkes-Barre are the you know two of the top teams in the Atlantic Division. Uh, the Emmerichs have played pretty well against those other top teams. You know, the other team being Bridgeport, and they just beat them. Uh, they won't play Charlotte again until March, but you know they're they're playing better against the top teams, and for some reason, well, you know, they they do that, and you know they play well, so they should be two pretty good games. And with the North Division tightening up, they're going to be, you know, getting those extra points outside the division are going to be key. And you know the team is healthy; they got CJ here, and yeah, they're. Uh, you know, the week off, you know, kind of bit them this week, you know, not playing until Friday. So we'll see, we'll see how they handle it, but they'll probably hit the road on Thursday. So, you know, hopefully they should be there and ready to go. All right. So that is Keith Wozniak. Make sure you follow them on Twitter at Let's Go Amrix and also check out all the excellent Amrix content, including the report cards that are apparently going to be coming this week at Let's Go Amrix.com. So um, I'm looking forward to checking out myself. So that should be pretty interesting to see how that shakes out. So, Keith, man, I appreciate you taking the time. I hope things stay at least in somewhat of a positive mood down there because the mood here in Buffalo is not great this time of the year. But uh, hopefully we both get back on the good track here on the same foot but we'll see how that goes but thanks for taking the time man and uh you know have a good week yeah same to you as well and as we enter the second half of the season you know Emmerich are still riding first place where they have been all year so yeah things are continue to go well down here and eventually they will find their find their way up to buffalo full time yeah exactly exactly all right man we'll talk next week all right have a good one chad thanks